Hey, hey, welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and we have got a lot going on in the Big Ten. It's the basketball episode. First things first, we are going to get to the Maryland and Iowa game. We're going to give our instant reactions to that. Lee and I were watching that game, and uh, Lee was going through it a little bit, but uh, thankfully, Jameer <laughs> Young is his savior and pulled it out for him. So uh, Lee's going to have a good night, I think. And then, of course, we have Kent with us. He's normally with us on Sunday, but uh, Kent, you got some plans on Sunday night. Is that right? That's absolutely right. My Detroit Lions are playing in the NFC Championship for the first time since I was five years old. So uh, that when I was five, I did I did drink alcohol when I was five as well. It just was illegal. So this time I'm going to do it like legally and so it won't be uh, have fun. a good time on Sunday night. So I didn't want to jump on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won't be as fun when, uh, when, it's, when legal, it's legal. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it won't be. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Kent, people know where to find you at casual big 10, right on YouTube podcast. What were you Monday and Thursday episodes, right? That's right. That's when I record them. I was explaining on my last episode that they, people probably don't listen to them on Monday and Thursday. Cause I do it pretty late. So I should probably start saying, uh, Tuesday and Friday, but you know, that's when I record them. So in my mind, it's easier just to tell people that. Yeah. Twice a week. It's like, just be happy. There's episodes, people. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> No complaining allowed. Uh, Lee, your first time on the podcast. Go to introduce yourself and tell people where they can find your podcast at. Yeah, my name is Lee Ramsey. I'm part of the Turtle Heads. Um, you can find us on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, Instagram at Turtle Heads Talk. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple, and we are getting ready to be on StreamYard as well. So we're trying to get that all booted up and, and get going. So appreciate you having me on. For sure, yeah. Uh, I was just telling you before you got in here, last time uh, your tricky uh, turtle head was long, we had uh, some of our best views we've ever had. So no pressure, Lee. But Yeah, no, uh, none. Well, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping the bet you got you to uh, put on will, uh, will help my views, and then I can just say, tricky, I don't know what it was, but people love me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that, that's not looking too good, but, uh, Michigan state plays Wisconsin at Wisconsin on, on Friday. We'll get into that game. So I'm hoping that one will help me out a little bit. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we have <clears throat> Maryland comes up big at Iowa. We've had what three road wins in the past two days in the big 10, which is just like unheard of, uh, mm-hmm. Purdue one at home, but then Wisconsin went on the road. No, two home, two road wins because Wisconsin won on the road and now Maryland wins on the road. Uh, so huge for the Big Ten to actually get some road wins. And then, of course, Nebraska went crazy for their thing. But uh, Maryland goes crazy here with Jameer Young getting 22 or 20 points, 22 points yep. in this one. So big game for him. Lee, we'll turn it over to you. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, again, uh, this team kind of goes as Jameer Young goes. Um, and I thought Julian was good again, shot 66% from the field with 17 points. Um, when we win, he averages 17. When we lose, he averages 10. So I was happy to see him get over that 12 to 15 point mark. Um, this team's still very frustrating to watch. Offense is not good at times. Um, it's just the offense is just as bad as our defense is good sometimes. I was telling JR before we hopped on here. We rank 18th in the country in points per game allowed, but I think we're like 277th in points per game scored. So um, very frustrating team to watch at times. I'm going to enjoy this one, though. Um, So, yeah, very, very happy with the win. Got Terps guy in here. Jahim. 
That's fitting. Very fitting. He's a faithful follower of us. I appreciate him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He he checks in whenever we're talking the the Terps here. So we appreciate Terps guy checking in. Uh, Kent, what were your thoughts, man? Uh, I got a comment on Terps guy. Actually, he sent me a photo uh, in the DMs because my friends were at the Michigan State Maryland game, and he found them in the crowd and sent me a photo so that I could send it to them and creep on them. So that was that was super clutch. I appreciate Terps guy for that. I think it's the same guy. Um, no, but, uh, great game for Maryland. I mean, anytime you can get a win on the road in this conference, it's like huge. And against a team, like I thought the most impressive thing, honestly, was what, uh, Lee was just talking about the defense. I mean, holding Iowa under like 85 points at this point in the year is an impressive feat. And then, um, obviously Jameer Young is Jameer is Jahim. Yes, he definitely is. I mean, he is one of my favorite players to watch, man. He's just got that clutch gene. Um, I really like going back. I know I'm going back two games now, but in that Michigan State game, I was really hoping he could hang on to the ball and like see what he was going to put up um, at the end of that game. Just wasn't able to do it. But uh, yeah, impressive win for Maryland and the wins that you need this time of year for sure. And I'm just excited to see what they're going to do the rest of the year. I, I keep thinking that Maryland's going to turn the corner after a win like this, and uh, we'll see if they can do that this time. Yeah, and I think what was huge in this game in a lot of ways was the offensive rebounding, uh, not just by the team overall, but um, Julian Reese pulling down five offensive rebounds in this game. That's huge. I mean, he had four defensive rebounds, five offensive rebounds in this game, uh, eight overall for the team. Um, when you can bring down that many offensive rebounds, it, it, it just propels your team to a new level. Um, and then not only that, but five blocks in this game, he, you know, he was one of those, one of those players. If he would have got five assists, he would have had the famous five, 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 or whatever it's called, where, you know, you get five in all these different areas and, um, that, that just absolutely huge, uh, for, for Julian Reese to, play like that because like I said a couple episodes ago when Julian Reese is playing well and Jameer Young is playing well that's when you get the absolute best version of Maryland and unfortunately some of these guys like you know Jordan Geronimo and Deshaun Harris uh, Harris Smith right uh they they just haven't produced as offensive weapons like you hope they would and now sometimes you give these guys a little bit of time get into the season and, and do some stuff but you know Harris Smith still only had six tonight Geronimo still only had four but Guess what? Geronimo had three blocks in this game. So uh, just a fantastic defensive effort. Uh, and then always, always, always Jameer Young. He's going to carry the load on offense, not just uh, 22 points, but five assists in this one as well. So you just you can't say enough good things about Jameer Young and how much he does just make this offense go for Maryland in so many different ways. Um, let's switch on over to Iowa for a minute. Talk a little bit about them. Owen Freeman continues to be one of the best freshmen in all of the Big Ten. I mean, the guy's fantastic. 14 points, 9 rebounds in this one. He did foul out, so Maryland did a good job there. Julian Reese uh, really going after him in a lot of ways, and just just the whole Maryland lineup uh, doing that. And then Tony Perkins, your guy, Kent. Tony Perkins, 20 points. In this a quiet one, so. 20. I didn't feel like he shot the ball a lot, but then you look down and he's got 20 points. Um, yeah, I, so, yeah, I was very impressed with Owen Freeman as well. Um, 11 of 11 on free throws in this one, you know, when you just continue to get to the, the, uh, free throw line like that, um, you have any thoughts on the overall Iowa team Lee? Yeah. I mean, you know, I felt like Iowa, they always seem to make tough shots. There's, there's contested fadeaways. And I told the guys like they were making those tough contested shots and we were missing wide open shots. And I just, 
that normally is a recipe for disaster. Um, we somehow pulled it out, but I think Iowa's good. I know, you know, I don't, I, I, I say they're good when they can score. They're fantastic, but defensively they're, they're, they're not very good. You know, they score a bunch of points, but they also give up a bunch of points and that's why they're three and four in the conference and 11 and eight overall. So, um, I don't know. I feel like the the Big Ten's very top heavy this year, and then after that, it's just kind of a log jam down towards the middle to the bottom of the of the league. Yeah, and that's kind of where Iowa and Maryland both kind of find themselves right now is a little bit in that middle spot. So that's one of the reasons why this was such a big game uh, mm-hmm. for both teams, and it was actually um, this was actually a quad one win for Maryland in this one. So you get yourself one more quad one win, uh, two and four in quad one games. I think Maryland still has a shot to get themselves to the NCAA tournament. Iowa still has a ton of work to do if they want to get themselves there uh, over six in quad one games. That's just, you gotta, you gotta do better than that with to win some quad one games and get into the tournament. Kent, any thoughts on your guy, Tony Perkins or just the team of Iowa overall? Oh, you know, I have thoughts about Tony Perkins. I love the, I love the man. Um, it's funny though, because after that, I know I keep talking about the game before, but after the Michigan state game, I saw some tweets and I saw some chatter about how Maryland needs to get Jameer young, some help. Like he can't do it all by himself. Well, what about my guy, Tony Perkins? Can we get him some help tonight? I mean, we're relying on a freshman as the only other double digit scorer. Peyton Sanford, where are you at, buddy? Like we need some more points from you. If you're going to win this game. I mean, uh, it just. It just felt like he was, you know, to me, when I watch Iowa, it looks like Tony Perkins is on the court by himself anyways, even if all the other players are playing good, just because of how much I love him and how good he is at basketball. But tonight, um, it really felt like that because, you know, like I said, the only one that scored 20 and then Owen Freeman's the only other one in double digits. So uh, give my guy, Tony, some help, man. We just need some help for him. He did have yeah. a nice dunk though, right in the right at the beginning of the game. Really nice yeah, dunk did. that I tweeted out. And uh I will continue to do that every time he has a nice dunk and tell the other team that you just got TP'd and kind of backfired on me tonight because Maryland won the game. <laughs> I saw it and I even liked it for you, even though it was against oh, thanks. us. So, yeah, Appreciate yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> you gotta put like Tony Perkins stand in your uh in your <laughs> Yeah. I should on Twitter now. Uh, <laughs> I should. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, Peyton Sanford, you mentioned him. He shot more three-pointers than Iowa made three-pointers in this game. Uh, Tony Perkins had one, um, and Josh Dix had two, but that was it. Uh, three three-pointers is all Iowa made. And truth be told, Iowa's not going to win very many games if they're not shooting the three better than that. Uh, three three-pointers, that's just that's not Iowa's game. Uh, they're not necessarily like, you know, the biggest barrage of three point shooting team out there, but they, they do rely on that more uh, and need that kind of stuff to happen. So uh, just a, a really good game by Maryland. I would say defensively, offensively, they still kind of have their woes, but thankfully, you know, like, like I said, yeah, Jameer young. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I think, you know, in years past, Iowa always seems to kill, kill us and people in general, just from three. And when, they don't shoot the three well. Like you said, obviously they only scored 67 points and that's really where they make their money on their high scoring, um, shooting the three ball. Well, so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, any more thoughts on this one, Kent, before we move on? Yeah, I, I just was like, I, because like I said, I, I can't believe how many points or how many threes they missed or how many they didn't make. Like you were just saying, that was just funny. Cause I pulled up the box score as you were saying that I almost couldn't believe it that, you know, Iowa at home, you're 
it almost feels like they're automatically going to be given 10 three-pointers every time they play at home. So um, just a credit to Maryland, you know, on the perimeter defense to be able to hold them to four is insane. And like you were saying, JR, they are not going to win. They're not going to win many games, period. But they're definitely not going to win games at home when they only make four three-pointers. I mean, uh, they just got to do better than that from beyond the arc. They have to because they really don't have, besides Cricky, to me, besides Cricky, they really don't have any other inside presence. And tonight, even his, when he, he's better from 15 feet, right? And tonight, every time he got close to the rim, it felt like he was throwing up a brick. And uh, the inside presence is just not there. Um, maybe Freeman a little bit, but yeah, they got it. They have to make threes in, able to, in, in order to win, excuse me. And they weren't able to do that tonight. Yeah, I mean, Freeman was trying to bang down low. I mean, he was trying to get down there with them, but I mean, Julian Reese just ate his lunch. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing else to say about it. Uh, Julian Reese took him to town, and then when Julian Reese wasn't there, Jordan Geronimo was there uh, and just taking him out. So, um, you know, you really don't have an answer with Creaky and Freeman when the other guys are just – and I, I don't think it's a toughness issue. I don't think that it's like, uh, you know, these guys are obviously stronger than them. I mean, I think Julian Reese and Jordan Geronimo are very strong defenders. But, um, you know, Owen Freeman, he's a freshman. Got to get in that weight room. Got to build up a little bit more. Uh, And then Creaky, you know, he's new to Big Ten basketball. I mean, he's halfway through the season, but still, you got to get used to this stuff if you want to, you know, play in the Big Ten and and really have an impact there. Julian Reese probably going to be, you know, on the defensive all Big Ten first or second team. Uh, Just a really, really good defensive player uh, and going to make those things happen. So, all right. Uh, You got any more thoughts, Lee, before we move on? Nope. Nope. All right. Let's go over to Wisconsin versus Minnesota. Wisconsin pulls away in this one. Barely. Minnesota had like three shots there at the end of the game. They had a free throw. Um, the, the crazy missed dunk put back your own shot turned into a technical foul thing that happened uh, for Wisconsin. That was a wild situation. I think it should be legal. I think, you know, if you can hang on the rim long enough and pull yourself up, and then hold one hand, <laughs> grab the ball. I don't know. I think it's a skill thing, you know? They said That's assisted. Athleticism. Right. Like, they said, like, it was, like, a assisted shot or something like that. I was like, dude, that wasn't assisted. He he was holding himself up with one arm. Um, but apparently it's against the rules, so whatever. Um, <laughs> Ken, what were your Who thoughts on, Wisco- on Wisconsin's win? Uh, I mean, I was I was shocked that Wisconsin didn't blow them out, to be honest. Even even though it was on the road, I saw the line early on this game. It was at two and a half and three and a half on some other books if you're a gambler, and I could not believe it was that low because I think that Wisconsin is a much better team than Minnesota. I know Minnesota's improving this year, but really shocked to see it that low. But then, hey, you know, Vegas usually gets these things right. It ended up being a two-point game, so... Um, I did think Wisconsin was going to run away with this. I mean, in the first half, they had that 10-point lead. You and I, JR, we talked about uh, Mike Mitchell Jr. either last week or the week before that having to be better. He knocked down a couple threes in this game. He was more involved in this game, at least for uh, Minnesota. But then in the second half, it was just all Elijah Hawkins. And what he did from beyond the arc was really impressive. I, I have tried to watch every Minnesota game this year. I can't remember another game where he's played this well especially in just one half, uh, but looked really good. But just too much Badgers. I mean, they are uh, on Joe Lenardi's bracket that he put out today. They are a two seed. And I've been campaigning that 
I think that they can still get as high as a one seed. I really do think they can uh, still with the rest of the season to go. They're just too balanced. They have too many guys that can do it on any given night. They had nine guys that scored in this game, which is crazy. Um, and then in, like in a close game, you got to make your free throws, right? And they made five of their last six free throws in the last four minutes. So they just have those veteran guys that do the right things at the right times. And they have so many of them that it makes them really, really hard to beat. I will say Minnesota, that last play by once again, my Mike Mitchell Jr. Missing the free throw, getting it, and then almost baking it in at the end there. That was like really impressive and uh, unfortunate for him that it didn't go down. I want to know from you guys, too. Uh, what do you guys think about them fouling up three there at the end? Go ahead, Lee. I, I, I kind of I look at it as a, a game by game. I'm, when Maryland's up by three, I think you should I think they should foul, you know. But then when I when I'm down down three, I'm like, man, that's such a that's a loser move to foul three foul when you're up three. So um, that's on a that's on a case by case basis for me. So um, I'll I'll see what Jr's got to say on it. It almost bit him though this game for Wisconsin. Yeah. Like they almost they almost blew it because of that. Which is, usually to me it seems like it always works. That's the first time I can remember. I mean, I'm sure it's not worked before, but like usually when a guy tries to miss a free throw and then his team get the rebound or he get the rebound that it almost never happened. So uh, to see it come that close was pretty crazy. Actually. There was a guy who he missed the free throw on purpose, but like the ref, what was it? It was a big 10 team like a week or two ago. I think yeah. it was Rutgers. He, they he, called a lane I mean, violation. He, yeah. He, he threw it perfectly. Yeah. And then they called a lane violation on him. His foot was nowhere near over the free throw line and then it hit the rim, came back to him. And then he put, I mean, literally nobody was paying attention. Um, no, I think it's smart. I hate it. I'm with Lee where it's like, you know, if my team does it, I'm like, good job guys. Yeah. yeah strong up. work, strong work. Right. Yeah. But then when like somebody does it to me, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, Bush league, you know, come on, yeah. play with some pride, you know, like, but that's all you can really do because there is literally like no defense for it. The only thing you can do is make your first free throw, which like, you know, you might not even do that, uh, right. and then miss your next one on purpose, and don't get a lane violation. So, um, no, I think it's I think it's an overpowered move for me. It's like the QB sneak in you know in football right now. Or if you just need a yard, just go out there and you know get a fullback behind your quarterback and let him push him through the line. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's just it's so so hard to accomplish. And yes, it almost did bite Wisconsin in the butt, but I mean it didn't because it doesn't normally do that. So. Yeah. Well, going going back to the Rutgers lane violation, does anything shock you now as bad as Big Ten referees are? I mean, we I don't watch a whole lot of, but I mean, they are just atrocious. I mean, terrible. So that doesn't actually shock me that they called that. The only positivity I get is like I watch another Big Ten game and I'm like, ah, yes, they're terrible for you too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's right. not just my team. If I, you know, I pull my hair out for every every game that I watch a little bit. Uh, Lee, what were your thoughts on the game? Just like Kent said, I mean, uh, Wisconsin's so well balanced, and they've got that um, uh, the the seniority, I guess you would say, to kind of know how to finish those games. Um, and Minnesota, like, like you said, they're, they're very much improved this year from last, but they still kind of lack that go-to guy. I would say Dawson Garcia could be that guy, but you have, he scores 31 game and then he'll come out and score five or six the next. So they kind of just lack that go-to guy when they need a bucket. Um, 
I haven't watched a whole lot of Wisconsin. I didn't catch much of this game, but they're good. I mean, they're probably the one or two teams in the Big Ten that could probably really challenge Purdue for um, a regular season championship and or the the uh, conference or the tournament championship. So very impressed by what I've seen with Wisconsin. I don't think Minnesota is all that good, although we did lose to them. But um, I think Wisconsin's the far better team out of the two. Like he said, I, I was shocked they only won by two. Yeah, uh, I have two thoughts on this game, uh, and one of them is very pro Wisconsin, and one of them is very haterish of Wisconsin. So buckle up, Wisconsin fans, if you're listening to this. Uh, I'll give, I'll start with my hater take first. My hater take is that Minnesota lost this game more than Wisconsin won this game. Uh, Minnesota went five for thirteen from the free throw line, <clears throat> um, and I feel I feel like they they matched. Wisconsin in nearly every area they had one more assist than them they had one less rebound than them they had more offensive rebounds than Wisconsin Uh, I mean just anywhere you look at these statistics like basically everything was the same Minnesota shot a little bit worse from the field than Wisconsin did but they kept up with Wisconsin this entire game it just they didn't they didn't make their free throws down the stretch. Dawson Garcia missed that technical free throw to to you know give them a little bit. Was it to give them the lead or push them closer? I can't remember if it was to. I think it was to give them the lead. But anyway, like that was a huge free throw that you miss in that situation. That's a gimme right there. Um, my you know not so hater take and you know better take for Wisconsin. I guess is like this is this is what you have to do to win in the Big Ten. You know, you come out on a sleepy Tuesday night and you're on the road in the barn against a team that has not been very good recent, you know, in most years. But recently they've they've been good this year. You know, give props to Minnesota and Minnesota hit him in the mouth, you know, there in the second half after Wisconsin had a big lead and Wisconsin fought back and they fought back and they fought back. And, you know, yes, some things rolled their way, but they capitalized on all of those things rolling their way um, and they were able to, to to get the job done. And so. You know, I've been saying for a while, Purdue's still going to win the league. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Purdue lost, you know, to Northwestern at Northwestern. They lost at Nebraska. I'm not saying that Wisconsin's going to win the league, but I'm more confident in Wisconsin winning the league after watching a game like this, where Wisconsin was not having their best night on offense, but they still managed to do what they had to do to win the game. Kent, am I crazy to think? that Wisconsin might just win the conference. No, I've been saying that too. I think that if they, I just said it on my show yesterday. I think if they split with Purdue, they're going to win it outright. I do because everyone else on their schedule, if you go through it, I think the rest of their games are winnable, including the one that we're going to talk about at the end of the show, Michigan state. I think that that's a winnable game for them. And I think that they should win every other game. So if they can beat Purdue at home, which I believe is where they're playing first out of the it two is. games. And then the the last game of the season um, is at Purdue. But that one might not matter at that point because I think that uh, especially if they win that first one, obviously, like I said, if they split with them, I think that they can win it outright. I'm right with you on that, uh, JR. I've been saying that for a few weeks now. I think that they can do it just because of their schedule, because of how good they are. I don't think that. I do want to say this and be clear about this. I think that Purdue is a better team than them. I do. But they're already a game back, I believe. And then they have to play at both places still. So like I said, with the split and then the schedule that Wisconsin has, I think that they have a chance to even win out 
besides the one game against Purdue. I know there's a lot of games left too, but I, I really believe they could do it. Yeah, well, um, well, let's get Lee's take, and then we'll go look at the schedule. Lee, what's your take? Do you think Wisconsin can win the Big Ten? Oh, I, I absolutely do. I mean, like you guys said, you know, if they can split with Purdue, especially where this first one's at home, and then you you take your chance with the rest of the schedule, and you just probably hope and pray that it comes down to the last game of the year, and you you know you take your chances on that one as well. Hopefully, if the everything rolls well your way, that you, doesn't even matter, but. I don't think anybody, including Wisconsin fans, would be upset if they had, if you told it right now, going into the last game of the year, you got a shot to win the Big Ten. I think everybody would take that. Any fan would. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have Ken Palm pulled up here with Wisconsin's remaining <laughs> schedule. They have them winning the rest of their games, except for two. Both are two games. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they have them losing by two points to Purdue at home, and then they have them losing by nine points to uh, to Purdue at Purdue. Their closest games they have in there is on the road against Nebraska. They have them winning by two on the road against Iowa. They have them winning by two and then at home against Illinois, they have them winning by two. Um, those are all 58. Oh, no, Nebraska's 56% chance to win. So, I mean, is Nebraska really other than Purdue is Nebraska at Nebraska really the toughest game left on the schedule? Um, I just pulled up Purdue schedule, so I just got all mixed up in my brain. I okay. can't remember everything you just said, but probably though, other than the Purdue game, yeah, I would probably say that or Illinois. Where's that one it's at? It's Illinois at home for them. See, I think they could win that one too. So yeah, maybe because Nebraska is so tough on, on their home court. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. We're going to talk about Nebraska and their home court here in a minute. Um, what were, uh, I was just looking at Purdue's Purdue remaining schedule. schedule. Yeah. They, they are projected to win the rest of their games, and the closest ones are um, Illinois at Illinois. They have to go to Illinois still. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Wisconsin one um, at Wisconsin, those are at 58% and 55%. Now, obviously, you can't just go off that because any given night, right. like anything yeah. can happen. So, right. um, what, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, and I think, I think Illinois is kind of a wild card right now. Obviously, they're a much better team with Terrence Shannon Jr., whether or not, you know, obviously he's eligible to play now. It'd be interesting to see later on down the, down the road how that'll, that'll be if he'll, if he'll still be eligible or not. So I think, you know, those Illinois games are kind of 50 50 if uh, Terrence Shannon's playing. Obviously, you give Illinois a much better shot at being in the game, if not winning it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be crazy. Um, I, it's nice that we this. have a race, though, right? Because it, yeah, going, I feel like yeah. at the beginning of the year, it was just like Purdue's definitely going to walk through this league. And it's like, wait a second here. We we at least have something to like think about going down the stretch here, which is nice. Right. Yeah. And uh, Illinois is at Northwestern right now, only up by two. So, you know, uh, Illinois is a contender as well. But at the end of the day, like nothing is guaranteed in the Big Ten. We're talking about all these games and it's like, oh, well, Wisconsin only has Purdue left and oh, Purdue only has Wisconsin left. It's like nothing's guaranteed in this league. You can go on the road and lose to Nebraska and (laughs) ask Purdue about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So crazy, crazy. All right, let's get to the next one. We'll talk more about the Boilermakers. Purdue wins 99 to 67. Boy, oh boy. Um, this was a bludgeoning. And Juwan Howard, I 
I would not be surprised if he cried in the locker room after this. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, I, man, this was ugly from the beginning. Uh, of course, this was a road game for Michigan, so they didn't even have a uh, Dougie Fresh, Doug McDaniel uh, in this one. So that that hurts them as well. But Brady Smith kind of went off on this one. 11 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, only you know less than 30 minutes played in this game. Didn't miss a single shot from the floor. So, uh, you know, good game for him. But I mean, we all know it, it's all, you know, this is Zach Eadie's team, right? I'm not saying he does everything. I don't, I don't want to disrespect their other players and stuff. Cause I've been quite vocal that the other players around him are, are very good too. But, um, you know, Zach Eadie, he's the one that drives those ships and, and makes this happen. Lee, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I was, I was really impressed. And I think, you know, the, the thing that I think separates, Purdue's team this year from last year is them adding Lance Jones. Um, he's been really good all year long. It, it's so shocking to me how how there's so many good guys that get overlooked and then they come in into a high caliber uh, Division One program and just and play well constantly. So um, he was he was kind of my you know unsung hero I guess for them last night and and he's I think going to be their X factor going forward as well as into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean he's he's been the consistency that Fletcher lawyer has it right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, big game big game Fletcher like he shows up for the big games quite often, but it's some of these sleeper games where Fletcher doesn't show up as much. And I'm a big Fletcher fan. I think Fletcher has a huge ceiling. I just don't think he reaches it often enough and that's why you see Matt Painter throwing in Heidi every now and then because you know even though Heidi doesn't have a ceiling I think he's more consistent and what you're going to get but I mean that's also that's Lance Jones I mean he had 24 points against Michigan but uh, you don't see a lot of games where you know he just has four points or five points or something like that and he gives great effort on the defensive end too um, I echo that man because Lance Jones he's just been a fantastic addition to this team Kent what were your thoughts on this game uh, I thought that, uh, I was happy it was the late game, um, for people that wanted to go to bed, they could do that early. <laughs> uh, halftime was the time to stop watching this game. I mean, it was well in hand at that point. In fact, with, I wrote this down it with nine minutes to go, all the scrub, I say scrubs. I don't, I mean that lightly, all the bench players for Purdue came in and, uh, Purdue already had 79 points at that point in the game with nine minutes left in the game. And they didn't stop. I mean, they scored 20 more points after that. Even the bench players wanted to get theirs, and they could. Um, You know, Michigan finally unloaded their bench with like three or four minutes to go, but obviously it was too late. I mean, their bench players weren't going to make a 40-point comeback. So um, this this game sucked. I mean, the Peacock announcers were talking about the free chicken sandwiches that you could get if the opposing team misses two free throws for the majority of the second half. I mean, I'm almost almost exclusively the last five minutes, that's all they talked about. Um, because the game was, there was nothing to talk about with the game anymore. Um, like Lee said, Lance Jones was a huge, he is the difference maker for them. Absolutely, he is their X factor. Um, just made play after play. He had two plays in the first half where he stripped a backup point guard. I'm going to call him Jalen Llewellyn for Michigan. Llewellyn. Yeah. And uh, I think on one of them, they scored. And on the other one, Llewellyn fouled him. So he was able to shoot free throws. It was just ugly. Really, really, really ugly for uh, Michigan. But I do have some bright spots for them. Number one is uh, Terrace Reed. And I say this with all sincerity. I think that Terrace Reed has done the best job one-on-one against Zach Eady that 
than anyone this year. Because when he was guarding him, now I know Zach Eady still had what, 16 or 14? 16, I don't have it. Yeah. Okay, 16, 16 and 10, yeah. Most of those points came when Terrace Reed was on the bench. When Terrace Reed was guarding him, he either got a steal or he um, was able to alter his shot enough that Zach Eady was missing. He did everything, and the announcers were all over this too. Credit to those Peacock announcers at the, in the first half. They were talking about how Reed was pushing Edie out before he was able to get an entry pass. So um, something on tape, at least for other teams that want to try to stop Zach Edie, but they're not going to be able to. Um, yeah, I mean, just a really bad game to watch. I almost stopped watching at halftime, but um, it, it was kind of fun to see the bench players come in. One, I think it was uh, Waddell got a dunk on some Michigan guys for Purdue. So it was it was entertaining to watch from that standpoint. And then, like I said, the free chicken sandwiches like just had me on the edge of my seat throughout the end of the game. I mean, just really entertaining to watch that. They didn't well, get them, ask- by the way. They never got them. Oh, so let me ask yeah. you all this. What is the reasoning behind Doug McDaniel or what? Uh, only playing home games? Why is he? He has not, from what I have read... So he has a good enough GPA for the NCAA standards, but Michigan has their own standards uh, and he does not have a good enough GPA for that, but it's close enough that Michigan decided they would only suspend him for away games, but he could still play home games. I guess you can study more that way. Well, I I actually heard on (laughs) a, uh, I was listening to uh, Stu Douglas's podcast two days ago, and uh, he said that there is one professor that has allowed him to either make up the work or catch up on the work. And the idea is that he's staying back from the away games to work on stuff for that professor. There's also definitely something we don't know about. That's that's definitely what's happening. A hundred percent. Nobody wants to say that, though, because it's a they're just throwing a claim out there that they don't have any uh, evidence for, but uh, you know, you've oh, seen other welcome. things happen at Michigan that have gotten welcome to Michigan. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I know. But like, um, there's, <laughs> but I, I mean, I was gonna say welcome to Michigan basketball because we uh, have yeah. the whole stuff with like Jawan with the you know Herbert the strength was it Herbert or no Sanders the strength yeah, conditioning yeah. guy. Uh, all that stuff. And then, you know, there's rumors about Jace and, uh, you know, why did Jet leave so early? I mean, obviously Jet left early because he was a really good NBA prospect. But, uh, you know, there's rumors swirling all around around it. But, um, yeah, I, I play a game now when Purdue is blowing out teams just in my own mind. Um, and we can play this game together really fast. This is probably mm-hmm. more entertaining than the, what the recap would be if I try <laughs> to go in depth. But uh, the game I play now is what player from this team that Purdue is killing would make Purdue better on their team. Ooh, uh, that's so a good one. Olivier... Nakamwa, however you say his name, I I hear it every single game and I still can't say it. Um, But dude, if he was in the starting lineup instead of Trey Kaufman Wren, which I know I'm the Trey Kaufman Wren hater, Purdue fans let me know that all the time. But uh, if he was in the starting lineup instead of Trey Kaufman Wren, could you imagine how much better? this Purdue starting lineup would be. I mean, he can stretch the floor even more. He gets down low. He plays really well down there. He's a good passer for the most part. I mean, could you guys imagine if you had Olivier Day, I'm not going to say his last name, on this <laughs> Purdue team starting with him? I mean, that's what I was doing the entire time. I was like, man, if only he was their four guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's good. Play? I mean, he, he he tore us up when we when we played him. So uh, he killed Ohio State too. That was fun to watch. Um, <laughs> who who would you add from the Michigan team to Purdue, Kent? Um, I think I'd go right back to the guy we were just talking about. I I know Purdue fans love Braden Smith, but uh, the fact of the matter is Doug McDaniel is better than him. He's on a uh, how do I want to say this nicely? The team he is on is incompetent is the problem from a coaching perspective. So um, he doesn't get a lot of the same opportunities that Braden Smith does. But I think that if you replace those two guys, I think that Purdue would be even better in, but it'd have to be in, in Purdue system with their coaches too. Like he, I think that he could be a guy that could distribute. He's faster than him. He can dribble better. I think he's a better shooter. So uh, I I would take Doug over uh, Braden Smith, honestly. And if you had Matt Painter's coaching instead of Juwan, exactly. That's the key, though, is Matt Painter versus Juwan Howard. You know, it's funny. A lot of the Michigan guys would probably uh, be a lot better just in general if, if that, if that was the case. If they just switched teams. Well, their best player hasn't been on their team except for this year. Yeah, Nakamwa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, was, he was with Tennessee, and Tennessee's pretty good. So, yeah. Um, Lee, if you had to play this game and add one player from Michigan to Purdue, who would you add? I think one of the two guys you mentioned, I don't think there's really anybody else that is is worthy of being on there. And at, at what point do we start thinking like, all right, maybe it's Phil Martelli's time just to just to coach the team for the rest of the year. I mean, when he when Juwan was out earlier, they didn't play. I can't get any worse. I mean, it can't get any worse. So give give Phil a, give Phil a shot. I mean, yeah, I know he's he's older than older than sin, but man, give him his, give him his shot. Just play at the palestra. Make that your new home court. Yeah. And then Juwan Howard will let him coach every game. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, no, I think – I was actually thinking about Doug McDaniel as well, uh, but obviously he wasn't playing in this game. I and the, I, I realize we're probably talking about the Michigan player that didn't play more than the rest of the Michigan team in this <laughs> game recap. But you know, And that speaks volumes about yeah. Michigan right now. We're Welcome talking about a guy Michigan. who didn't play. Yeah. I think but that I, uh, I think Burnett would be a decent guy on Purdue too. He he actually yeah, seems DeMar like Burnett's good. I think he feels like a Purdue guy more than anyone. Like he's very uh, fundamentally sound, and uh, the way that he shoots the ball, it kind of remind. I think that if you switched, I know I don't think Gillis was in the starting lineup yesterday, but if you switched him and Gillis, I think that Purdue might get. I don't know. They're pretty similar, so it's tough to say. But he'd be. I guess he would be my third option that for this game that we're playing of switching players. Yeah. Burnett doesn't quite have the size of Gillis, so he wouldn't be able to fill that bigger man role, but I see what you're saying there. Um, What if we switched it the other way though? How would Michigan get worse if they took one of Purdue's starters? Now we're going to get Purdue fans mad at us. I like this game. Let's do it. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they would. That's the problem. I'm not, I don't think that would, I don't think any of that case would happen. (laughs) Uh, if I had to add one to make Michigan worse, it would. You have to remember, Jawan Howard's still coaching. So yeah, yeah. Who who benefits the most from Matt Painter's good coaching? Um, Morton, maybe. I don't know. I like Morton though. I don't know if I can say. Who mm. would you say, uh, Kent? Oh man, um, probably probably lawyer, maybe. Yeah, I think his oh, his ceilings his ceilings high, but also his basement's kind of low as well. Yeah. yeah, like if he wasn't in that system, like him trying to, like 
Because when you watch Michigan, what you see a lot of is guys forcing stuff. And Fletcher Lawyer is not good in those situations, I feel like, when he's forcing it. Which he doesn't have to most of the time, so it doesn't matter. Can you imagine a game where Fletcher Lawyer is just taking the ball down the court and forcing it every single game? (laughs) That'd be tough. It'd be tough. <laughs> would not be pretty. Would not. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention before we move on from this game. Um, I, I started seeing Purdue's backups, and I was like, "Well, these guys aren't as good as Purdue starters, so maybe this, you know, bodes well for the future of my team in the Big Ten that Purdue won't just dominate everybody." And then Purdue, they put right next to the score table this really lanky, you know, seven-two guy, <laughs> Wilberg. He comes into the game, and I was like. Gosh darn it, Matt Painter. How'd you get another one? <laughs> he's got them all, man. He's breeding them. And he's a freshman. So he, he he's done the thing where it's like, get him in for one year, let him learn under Zach Eady, and then next year, bam, here comes Wilberg, and he's going to be, you know, he's 255 right now. He's going to be, you know, 275, 280 next year, um, and then he's going to kill everybody. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of depressing, but, yeah. Good yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So. Purdue's always going to have that guy, though. They always have an alien down low. They do. They do. Um, Okay, so Ohio State loses to Nebraska. I have a new goal when Ohio State comes up, is that we talk about the other team first because I've been told that during the Ohio State recaps, Ohio State always loses, and then we end up talking about Ohio State more. Uh, So we should talk more about the winning team like we do in the other ones. So let's comment on Nebraska first, and then we can get to the JR really dislikes his team segment and all the people who like to hear Ohio state fans cry, uh, they can tune in for this part. So let's focus on Nebraska first. Uh, Kent, what were your thoughts on Nebraska beating Ohio state 83 to 69? Uh, it was all ranked masked the whole game. It felt like uh career high, 34 points. He was doing pretty much everything that he wanted to do. Um, I started getting really impressed with the half court sets that Hoiberg has put in at Nebraska because they started running, you know, I I guess I maybe haven't paid attention to it as much as I should, but their stuff that they ran against Ohio State was super creative, and it was mainly to get their hot hand open, and he kept getting open every time they ran their stuff. So uh, credit to Coach Hoiberg, but also, you know, Mast has to hit those shots too, so credit to him. I mean, he was on fire. Um, For me, uh, the the turning point in this game, because uh, Ohio State did have a little bit of a lead in the first half. It kind of felt like they were in control for a minute. Five minutes to go right before halftime. It's Tomonaga. He hits the three. And when Tomonaga hits a three, the crowd goes crazy. His and, only three of the game. And the, But the thing is, the crazy part is, like, I, I took a note while that happened, and I was like, it feels like momentum has shifted just because he's the one that hit it. You know? Right after that, Mast hit two more before halftime. And, you know, they were obviously excited about that, but the momentum had already shifted at that point. And from that five-minute mark where he hit the three, it cut the lead from five to two, and they didn't even get the lead off of that. But just the momentum that they got, they were able to take a eight-point halftime lead uh, right after that happened. So um, just too much in the second half. Like I said, Mast looked like he just could not miss a shot. And uh, Nebraska's tough to beat at Nebraska. They've proven it multiple times this year now. I think, if I'm remembering right, I think Creighton is the only one that's beaten them at 
at Nebraska. Yeah, they're 13-1 at home, yeah. Yeah, so uh, besides Purdue, that's the hardest place to play right now in the Big Ten. I meant to look that up before we got on, is who has the best home records in the... I mean, Nebraska has the best home record in the Big Ten, um, but I don't know who has the best home records in all of college football. Uh, Lee, what were your thoughts on the game? Wait, isn't Purdue undefeated at home, though? Oh, wait, yeah. No, no didn't they it... Because they lost both their games on the on yeah, the, they uh, did. Northwestern at Nebraska. Okay. All right. So second best. Sorry. It's all good. No, Wisconsin is 10 and 1. But Nebraska is 13 and 1. So best. That's better. Second best. Uh, Confirmed. Sorry. Sorry, Lee. I'm taking up your time. Go ahead. No, good. No, no worries. No worries. Um, Yeah, I know CJ Wilcher is, wasn't listed as a starter, but I mean, he played 30 minutes in this game, had 16 points. So, um, and, and like uh, Kent was saying, anytime. Tommy Naga seems to hit a shot. Just everybody in the place just goes crazy. And I, I don't know if they're like they're shocked, which I don't know why they are shocked that because he tends to always seem to hit a big shot. Like you know, when it comes down to it, I'm sure he's probably the guy that Nebraska probably wants taking a shot. But like uh, like Kent said, Mass was just crazy. 13 for 17 from the field, six for eight from from three. Um, they just didn't have an answer for him. So. Um, I, I don't know if Nebraska's built for like a, a deep run and can really challenge Big Ten teams later on down the road. But I mean, we've seen they've they've beaten Purdue, so I think they can play with anybody. But um, they can also probably play down to the level of anybody as well. So um, I don't know if this was more of a Nebraska played extremely well or just Ohio State's what we thought they were not that great. Unfortunately, sorry, Jr. Now, I'll comment on Nebraska, and then we'll get to uh, my Ohio State woes. I was really, really impressed with C.J. Wilcher. I've seen some of his um, uh, numbers and stuff like that over the past few games, but he, you know, he's been good, but he hasn't like popped to me uh, in the games as much uh, recently. Uh, but in this game, he popped uh, really, really big. Him and Ranked Mass just seem to be those two guys with the presence that were able to to make everything happen for them, and um, you know. I, Credit to Rank Mass, they kept doing that thing where they passed the big man up, you know, at the top of the key, and uh, a few times they backed off of him, and he just shot it and made it. And then there, were, there was another time or two where he was literally like probably two or three steps back from the not Steph Curry range, but two or three steps back from the three point line, and he still just takes it and makes it. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, part of me is upset with the Ohio State defense on that, but then the other part of me is like, how do you? Like, how do you defend that? If the guy is right. just going to catch the ball and pull up from a two or three steps back from the three point line, like, I mean, at a certain point, you, you can't just be up on a guy the entire time. So, um, you know, Mass, he was just ridiculous. And this one and, and CJ Wilcher, they were talking about it on the broadcast. He really does have such a pretty jump shot. Uh, the way he's able to elevate and come back down and, and really flick the wrist with it. And he's, it looks really, really nice and it goes in most of the time too. So, uh, it looks really, really nice. And, um, I think that he is a, a really nice piece, kind of an underrated piece to this Nebraska team and what they're able to do. Um, did we talk enough about Nebraska? Can we talk about Ohio State now? I will say one more thing about Nebraska. I think Bryce Williams, uh, needs to be more consistent. There was a yes. moment oh, yeah. in the game uh, yesterday where he had what looked like, a will just say, a temper tantrum uh, for no reason, really, other than like he they were on a fast break and he threw it away and lost his mind over it. And you just can't do that in basketball. There's so many plays. You just have to move on to the next thing. And I uh, 
I don't know. I just sometimes pick up on some of those social cues from guys when they're in games. And it just feels like, uh, you know, if he just took a deep breath every once in a while, because he's shown flashes where he can go on, he could be super streaky. I remember one game, I can't remember who they were playing exactly, but he had 17 points in the first half of a game this year. And then the second half, he had two. So um, if he could even that out a little bit and just be a little bit more consistent and uh, trust his teammates, maybe. I don't know. If, I don't know what the issue is. I don't want to say he doesn't trust his teammates. I'm sure he does. But um, if we if there was some more consistency from Bryce, then I think that it would bode well for the Cornhuskers overall going forward. Yeah, they, he scored double digits in the last three. So if you're looking at the stats, it's kind of like, you know, um, well, he has been consistent, but you're right. When you watch Bryce Williams, you know, it's like the consistent gameplay. It's not so much the numbers. It's just yeah. like the consistent gameplay of playing within the offense. And, and like you said, part of it is trusting his teammates too. Uh, he might very well trust his teammates, but it doesn't always look like he does uh, when he plays. So, so yeah. Uh, Lee, you have any more thoughts on Nebraska before we move on? No, I was, I was going to comment on Bryce Williams as well, but Ken already hit it, so. Nailed okay. it. We were actually just trying to keep talking about Nebraska so we could skip <laughs> the Ohio State part. I understand that. Well, we have a comment here, so we are going to get to it eventually. Fisherman, Fire Holtman. <laughs> this, is, this is the battle cry of Ohio State fans right now. Um, he also says there's two teams that haven't won a road game yet. League. Ooh, that's a that's a good trivia. Hold on, let me think one of, of them this. Is Ohio State. Who do you think okay. the other one is? I have it right here, but I'll let you guys guess. Um, I'm gonna look at the rankings. I'm not cheating. I'm just gonna look at the rankings so I have all the teams pulled up. Is it okay. Indiana? No, Indiana's one and three. Dang it! That was my Lee, guess. Your your turn to guess. Uh, yeah, I'm we'll eventually get it right. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Penn State. Got it. <laughs> oh, that yeah. that that was a smarter guess. Yeah. Uh, yes, Penn State is zero and four, just like Ohio State. They are zero and four in this one. So thanks for pointing that out, Fisherman. Um, yeah, it's. Uh... Kick it's him while he's down, right? <laughs> yeah. no, it, hey, Fisherman looks like he's an Ohio State fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, and I've been vocal about this. I, man, I, I like Chris Holtman, like personally. I think that he is like a, you know, probably like a really good dude. And, and he came on our channel and gave us an interview. And I really appreciate that. But for whatever reason, like his teams just, they press so hard at the end of the games. And when other teams go on a run, they just, they look like they get so down on themselves. I give credit to Ohio State. They fixed the shooting issues for themselves in this game. They didn't shoot as poorly from three point land, uh, but it was the other team that they <laughs> apparently Did they not ignored that part of their practice where they said, okay, let's fix the offensive shooting issues. And then it was like, oh crap, we forgot to practice defensive shooting. You know, practice in this one because Nebraska just went off in this one. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like, I, th I think that this team has good players. Um, they just, they can't seem to put it all together. And I don't know what that is. I, I hesitate to, I hesitate to blame coaching because, you know, players are, are their own, you know, people and they make these decisions and stuff like that. But at a certain point, I don't know where else to go with some of these issues in coaching. Um, and I'm not trying to say Chris Holtman is a bad coach. I just don't think Chris Holtman has found it yet. And at a certain point, Fisherman is right that, you know, if you can't find it, 
at, at a certain point, you have to move on from the guy, uh, whether you believe in him or not. So, um, uh, Lee, what are your thoughts on uh, on the Buckeyes right now? Yeah, I watched. I haven't watched many of their games. I did watch their Michigan uh, game last week. Um, yeah, they're kind. They kind of are like Maryland right now. It's it's when they struggle to shoot the ball, they don't. Obviously, they don't win games. I think the only difference right now between them and Maryland is is Maryland always seems to put a a, a good defensive effort in. Um, yeah. And obviously, uh, you got to score more points than your opponent does, and they just kind of can't figure out how to do that right now, unfortunately. So um, I'm kind of like you. I like Holtman as a person. I'm not sure he's necessarily a good basketball coach, and I think that's that's where I'm at on Kevin Willard right now too. So I'm not trying to make this about Maryland, but I see a lot of similarities in the two teams. We got like a trio, you know, here of like, we can all agree <laughs> that, you know, Holtman and Willard and, you know, name other ex-coach. You can adopt uh, Juwan in this case, Forrest Kent. Uh, <laughs> I'll adopt him. I'll adopt him. Anything to get him out of coaching, I'll I'll make him my child. That's fine. <laughs> you just want him out of the Big Ten, right? Yeah. 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 He's making, um, us, look, making us all look bad. There you go. What, what's your take on the Buckeyes right now, Kent? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I have defended them like most of the season because of how strong they started. And I was getting really excited about them. And, um, you know, after last season, I was really hoping that they were going to make a NCAA tournament push. And then, um, the Michigan game happened and anyone that loses to Michigan, um, immediately is off my radar because that just can't happen. And that was, I think, I really think that that was the turning point for their season. Um, if they could have won that game, maybe they can turn around and, uh, you know, go battle out at Nebraska because they have some more confidence. But, you know, I, I'm just really worried about them the rest of the way. They have some really tough opponents coming up. Um, if I'm looking at this right, which I think I had just pulled up their schedule. Yes, I did. Northwestern, Illinois, Iowa. I mean. At I Iowa, mean, too. Not at It's home. just a brutal go for them uh, the next couple weeks, and it's just like. Man, I just I, I'm worried about them. I'm worried about you, Jr. And I'm worried about them. I I am one though. I will say that I'm. I don't think that uh, Holtman is that bad. I'll just put it to you like no, that. I don't, I don't think, think that he's yeah. he's ready to be like fired. I know Ohio State fans. They're I feel like they're ready to fire people at the drop of a hat. They want to fire Ryan Day right now. Dude's one of the best coaches in college football. So I'll tell you who, um, does, who is ready to fire somebody. Tricky's probably ready to fire Chris Holtman. He is a big, a big proponent for firing. So really, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, drop of a hat. Tricky, Tricky would probably fire Harbaugh from the Chargers right now. Hasn't even, hasn't even uh, <laughs> played Tricky a game. Would fire Lee from the podcast. He, he, he would. Says something wrong. He, he would. He's he's threatened to fire Jordan. He's threatened to fire Jordan on air. I, I, I don't so. know. I love it. No, I think I, this is I just, just don't know who's take. coming in after that, though. If you fire him, who's coming yeah, in after that, Jr. Who do you I want to know. be Ohio State's coach? Dusty May. Oh, that'd be good. That'd, that'd be pretty be good. good. I think he's probably Indiana bound, though. After Mike Woodson gets the boot, though, because he's from Indiana. Man, is everyone getting fired this year? Well, I think Mike Woodson's probably a year away, but if he keeps keeps his team going the way he is. Uh, it'll probably happen eventually. Fishman also said Ohio State last road win was at Northwestern. That's where they play next. Uh, that's right. The Ohio State has not gotten a road win in over a year. Their last True. road win was New Year's Day of last year. Um, to so. be fair, they don't play year-round, though. I mean, yeah. oh, you know. That's true. 
We wish they did, but they don't. Look at January record for OSU. It's bad. Yes, I tweeted that out after the Michigan loss. Uh, January has not been. I think Holtman's had two seasons uh, where he's had a winning record in January. Uh, but why do people think? I'm just curious. Why do people think he's so bad? Like, well, the three coaches we've talked about right now, like Jawan Howard is clearly not an X's and O's coach. Kevin Willard is clearly a jerk. And uh, Chris Holtman, I just feel like people are just mad because he's not, you know, getting as many wins as they would like. But I don't feel like he's a bad basketball coach. I don't I know. Think, I think, honestly, I think a part of this plays into uh, football rules everything with Ohio State. And so when football isn't doing as well, it's like there's like a cloud over everything with Ohio State. And, you know, I, I know certain Big Ten teams would be like, oh, wow, Ohio State fell off. They've won 11 games the past three years. You know, right. <laughs> it's like, Hi, you know, it's how, me. It's me. <laughs> how spoiled are you? And it's like, yeah, I, I get that. And, and to a certain extent, yes, we are very spoiled uh, to think that 11 win seasons are are falling off. Uh, but that's just the way that Ohio State fans look at things. And Ohio State fans look for something, you know, with a, an ounce of positivity elsewhere in the school. Uh, and yes, that's exactly what I was going to bring up next. Uh, Fisherman or Roberts loss now struggling is why uh, the Oral Roberts. Lo- I don't think Chris Holtman will ever live down that Oral Roberts loss. Now, you know, I, I, I personally look at that and I say, you know, Oral Roberts shot amazing in that game. And Max Smith was, you know, really freaking good. Uh, and Dwayne du- Washington had like one of his worst games of his career there. Um, so I personally don't hold that against Holtman as much. I look at it as Ohio state should be, a tournament team every single year, um, or at least in contention for the tournament every single year. That's and fair. In the past, Ohio State has fired their last three head coaches when they've missed the tournament two years in a row. Um, and so that's kind of what the precedent has been set at. And I feel like if you set a precedent, that's kind of what you have to go with. Um, and so don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that I root against the coach. I hope Chris Holtman does figure it out because I think he can be a good coach. He does a good job of acquiring talent. He just doesn't always know how to put it together sometimes. Uh, the Oral yeah. Robert loss cannot hold that much weight, though, because if we fired coaches every single time there was a bad NCAA tournament loss, then Purdue would have a new coach every year. Yes, we so, got it in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please happy about that. Um, well, I, I want I want to say this. Like uh, you said, like you don't think Holtman's a bad X and O's guy, but what do we what do we kind of gauge post- coaches on the how many times they win versus how many times they lose? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if the guy's not producing, then then it's time. But going back to the Oral Ro- or Robert loss, I mean, like look at what Abe Smith is doing now. He's the he's like the most he's the leading active division one scorer and he's killing it. Where's he at now? Texas, I think it is. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I mean, he's, he's a good player, but yeah, I mean, it's a bad loss, but every, I feel like every team's had a bad loss in the NCAA tournament. You know what I mean? So. Right. And I think the biggest thing with it was like, you know, Ohio state, like I said, they should be a tournament team or at least in contention of the tournament every single year. Uh, but Ohio State is one of those teams where they kind of pop up and they have a two seed or a three seed. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is our year. We can kind of have a deeper run in the tournament. And just so much of those hopes were smashed. And we've never like we've never gotten back to that point where we are a two seed or a three seed or something like that. Um, so, 
Yeah, and, and and quite honestly, the other piece of this is like, and I'm not trying to dog Ohio State fans here, especially not fishermen. I'm sure fishermen is very plugged in with all of college basketball, uh, but a lot of Ohio State fans don't really watch college basketball outside of Ohio State. Uh, probably don't even watch very much Big Ten basketball uh, because they they just they care so much more about football that it's like, oh, if Ohio State's on, I'll I'll watch it. But um, but you know, so when even when Ohio State loses to Nebraska who is a very good team at home, they say, oh my gosh, we just lost to Nebraska. That's one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. It's like, no, they're actually, you know, top <laughs> yeah. four or five in the Big Ten this year, probably, maybe even six. Um, but that's not that's not the way Ohio State fans look at it. They say, well, yeah, we just got blown out by Nebraska. Nebraska sucks. It's like, well, no, they Yeah, Nebraska's not the team, the old Nebraska anymore, yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's a part of it, too. I'm not trying to say Ohio State fans are stupid or anything like that. I just don't think they pay as much attention to it um fisherman i watched by more of a wrestling fan well there you go Ohio state wrestling <laughs> much better than basketball so one thing i've uh, learned uh from doing this whole uh you know covering if you want to call it covering the big 10 is that uh 90 of the people don't know what they're talking about and i'm one of them by the way i i include myself in that group it's just uh it's really difficult to have um you know, any sort of discourse at all with people when they're the love for their team is so connected to the the things that are coming out of their mouth. Sometimes uh, it makes it really difficult. But uh, hey, you guys don't like Holtman? Get rid of him. And uh, like I said, find somebody else that you think is going to do better. It's tough to win in the Big Ten period. So uh, you know those those uh, Matt Painters or whoever you want to compare him to, Tom Izzo. Uh, whoever else you think is good in this league, they're not just growing on trees out there, man. It's going to be hard to find a better coach, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, and that's where my fear is, is like, I always go back to, yes, we can say fire a guy, but we also have to think about who, like, who's that next guy. And of course it's probably Aaron Kraft. I would bring in Aaron Kraft to coach the team. Cause like he hasn't been around that program enough. I don't think over the years, you know? Yeah. Uh, Fisherman says most fans on Twitter want Jay Wright. Yeah, see that just speaks to how much state fans don't really know. <laughs> Jay Wright is never coming back to college basketball. <laughs> um, and that that was the last guy who beat uh, Holtman in the tournament too. I think because that was Villanova when they were the two seed, and Ohio State beat oh who was it VCU or something like that. Uh, or no, um, Loyola Sister Jean. They beat Sister mm. Jean. That's right. It was over after that. You get, nobody beats Sister Jean and gets away with it. <laughs> that's, like when you, that's like you get the Madden cover and you're cursed after that. You beat Sister Jean, <laughs> cursed after that. Yeah. You're, done. you're done. All right. We probably spent way too long on uh, Ohio State, so we'll uh, spare ourselves here and get to the next one. All right. Uh, coming up on Friday, we have Michigan State playing at Wisconsin. I think this is going to be probably a more interesting game than some people realize. I think Michigan State has more talent than, um, you know, what they've shown with the record this year. And Wisconsin's a very good team at home. So this has the possibility of a blowout. Don't get me wrong. But I think if Michigan State plays plays a good game, they could make this interesting. Uh, you're shaking your head, Kent. You, uh, you think it's a blowout all the way? Oh, no, no. I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be a blowout at all. That's why I was okay. kind of it was kind of a like, there's no way this is going to be a blowout. I don't think. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it has the potential for it. Like if if Wisconsin goes on one of those crazy runs and, uh, you know, AJ Store really gets cooking or something like that, I think it could happen. Uh, but I also think Tom Izzo is one of those coaches that like he's not 
like he's not going to let that happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's he's been close in in basically every single game this season. So, uh, Lee, going into it, what are your thoughts on Michigan State at Wisconsin? Yeah, I, I think everybody was super high on Michigan State, and then they thought the sky was falling when they lost to James Madison. And then you look and see what James Madison has done this year, and it's not that bad of a loss. Um, Michigan State certainly has the pieces. Uh, Tyson Walker is probably a top three, four guard in, in the, the conference. So um, I think Michigan State has a shot. I think that you know Ken Palm prediction is probably pretty close, and I wouldn't be entirely shocked if Michigan State beat them. You know, um, I think if Michigan State puts everything together, they're probably as just as good as anybody else in the conference. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I haven't seen a whole lot of Wisconsin this year, but I think they're they're living up to their ranking and to their hype. So it should be a good one for sure. Yeah, Fisherman says, oh, oops, there we go. Fisherman says, Wisconsin wins easy in this one. You have to get Fisherman on the show. My man is, yeah, all, is he's faithful. Holy smokes. If we ever do a wrestling podcast, we'll get Fisherman on. He's <laughs> yeah, more yeah. wrestling fans. So. Um, <laughs> Kent, what are your thoughts on the game? I don't think Michigan State is going to win the game, but uh, I don't think that it's going to be Wisconsin wins easy either. Um, I like Wisconsin. I love Wisconsin. I've talked about them. I think they could still be a one seed. I've said all the nice things about Wisconsin. Um, but the reason why they're going to win this game is because, and I think even Tom Izzo would admit this, the struggles that they have defending the post. And uh, that is not a struggle that you want to have going to Wisconsin of all places because they have some really good post players and they will kill you inside if you let them. Um, I think that that's going to be a difference in the game. But here's what I really think is going to happen. And I pulled up some fun stats for you guys tonight on this one. I think this is going to be such a close game that it's going to come down to one thing and one thing only. It's going to be the free throws. And here's the fun stats about the free throws. Wisconsin, number one free throw percentage in the Big Ten, 77%. Wisconsin, they rank 10th in the conference at opponents' free throw attempts which is really good by the way you want to be low on that list right so they're 10th in that and they shoot a really high percentage okay michigan state on the other side they have attempted 250 free throws this year total that is 13th out of 14 in the big 10 only northwestern is behind them and when they finally do get to the line they are 11th in the conference shooting only 70 percent so you put all those things together, you get a close game at Wisconsin, and you have a team that can't get to the line, and when they do, they can't knock down free throws, and then you have another team that doesn't let team other teams get to the line, and when they get to the line, they knock them down. Um, I think that that's going to be the difference in the game. I see Wisconsin winning it by five, because I do think, like Lee was saying, uh, Michigan State has two of the best guards in the conference. Um, I, I've already, I've talked about uh, my disdain for AJ Hogard multiple times on multiple different shows. I don't like him, um, but he is a good point guard for what Michigan state needs at times. Um, and then Tyson Walker is one of my favorite players, top five player uh, overall, just for me personally, he's right up there near, near Tony Perkins. He's not touching him ever, but um, you know, really good guard uh, Tyson Walker. And then uh, some other guys like Cohen Carr has been giving them some good minutes. And 
you know, they're they're starting to put some things together. And here's the other thing, too. Tom Izzo hasn't even woke up yet. It's January still. This guy is mm-hmm. still asleep. He's not getting excited about this. Like, he starts playing in February, you know? You know how, like, John Rothstein says, like, we sleep in March or April or whatever? Like, Tom Izzo just woke up. He just started coaching. So, like, um, yeah, I think that they're starting to figure it out, which is why I think it will be a close game. But I do think um, in the end, if it comes down to the free throws, which I think it will, um, Wisconsin's going to get that narrow victory. Yeah, I think the thing to watch in this one to see if it gets close is how well uh, Wisconsin can get to the free throw line. Because even though Michigan State does have, you know, a good amount of personal fouls per game uh, in this one, they have 18 personal fouls per game, which is not great. Uh, it's good. It's not great. Um, but their efficiency for how many personal fouls they, they get is very, very good. So even though they get 18, that comes down uh, because of the efficiency of how many uh, possessions the other team gets and stuff like that. Uh, but Wisconsin, they thrive on getting to the free throw line and making a good percentage of their free throws. They shoot 78% from the free throw line as a team, uh, which is really, really good for them. Um, and with Michigan State, they don't they don't get to the free throw line as much, and they only shoot 70% from the free throw line. So not as good for them. But I think that's going to be kind of an underrated piece to this game is can Michigan State play defense without fouling or or can Wisconsin get themselves in line and make a high percentage of these free throws like they normally do uh, in this game? Because the pace is going to be slowed down a little bit um, in this one. And, uh, you know, because that's just kind of the way Wisconsin plays. It's kind of crazy. Wisconsin has one of the slowest paces in college basketball, but they're really? one of the best. Yeah, uh, they have a 64.3, which is uh, rated, has a rating of nine in the so like percentage rating of the uh, other teams or whatever in college basketball, they're ninth, um, which is like really, really low. It's like super red on CBB analytics, which by the way, I forgot to add for that CBB analytics, check them out. Um, But they, uh, you know, Michigan state, they're not much faster either. They're 66 compared to 64, but um, I know pace isn't, you know, the most popular thing to talk about, but it is real in this case uh, because Wisconsin is just, just super efficient in this one. Um, one one thing I, w- I would like to say is, you know, and it'll be interesting to see, I think if Wisconsin can get back after they make their shots, that's what killed Maryland when Michigan State play. I mean, they get, they get the ball out of the hoop and they're ready to go. So they got probably 10 or 12 easy layups off of Maryland when we played them off of made baskets by Maryland. And, you know, that could be a, something to watch in this game as well, I think. Yeah, I, that was actually the other thing I was going to point out, but I forgot. I was trying to remember it there, so I'm glad you said that. Uh, Wisconsin is in the 11th percentile in fast break points per game, only six. And Michigan State is in the 97th percentile in their fast break points per game with 15. So, I mean, they have, they're have they averaging more than double what Wisconsin does in fast break points per game in this one. So, you know, it, it'll be really, really interesting to see see how this goes. Uh, you know, Michigan State, like you said, Lee, they like to get the ball, get out running. Uh, Wisconsin, they kind of like to possess that thing, set up their half-court offense. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, this is a very interesting matchup, probably more interesting than I think some people realize. Um, and, I mean, if I'm going to take a coaching matchup, don't get me wrong, I think Greg Gard has done great this season, but um, – Tom Izzo is one of the best to ever do it. I think he's still got it in him to to really coach these guys up. So, Kent, you got any more thoughts? Yeah, I was just thinking about, uh, as you guys were talking about that fast break stuff, Trey Holloman, 
for Michigan State is going to be a big factor in this game too because he had a great game against Maryland. And uh, I think one of his better games of the year, especially shooting wise, I think he made three three pointers in that game. And then, um, you know, if he doesn't do that against Wisconsin, I mean, I don't know who else is going to do it besides because you you remember at the beginning of the year, it was all Tyson Walker. Right. And it was like, who's going to give Tyson Walker help? Who's going to give him help? Like Hogar wasn't doing it. Malik Hall wasn't doing it. Well, those guys are starting to come around now. Jaden Aikens is starting to play a little bit better. So uh, but really. I think that Wisconsin can, you know, kind of neutralize those other guys, just starter on starter, you know, Walker versus Hepburn and, uh, or I'm sorry, Hogard versus Hepburn and like Walker versus, uh, I don't know who would guard him, maybe Store. Um, you know, so I think that matchup wise, I think that they can neutralize the starters, but a guy like Trey Holloman, if he comes off the bench and gets hot, that's a way that Michigan State could win this game. Yeah. No, I think so, too. I think if they can get them together out there, and you're exactly right, uh, A.J. Hogard, he's been averaging over five assists per game in his last five games. So um, I know he's not everybody's favorite player. Definitely not your favorite player, Kent. But uh, he he does do a good job of distributing the ball. He's, he's shooting a rather low percentage right now. But uh, if he can distribute and especially get, get it to the open guy, like a Tyson Walker, like a Malik Hall, and make those things happen, it'll... It'll be really interesting. So um, I will pick Wisconsin. I think Ken Palm is right, but I'll probably go with mm, seven, eight point win for Wisconsin. But I think they'll just pull ahead. I think it'll be a close game. I think they'll just kind of pull ahead with some free throws and stuff like that. So uh, Lee, who do you have in this game? Yeah, I, I like Wisconsin in this, but like I said, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if if Michigan State potentially pulled it off. But I think, you know, five's probably close, but I, I, I agree. I think towards the end it could get into foul or free throws and, and Wisconsin might win the game by seven, eight, maybe even ten, depending on if they're fouling or not. Right. And and that's kinda like the death sentence if you're against Wisconsin, that's how they're able to win some of these games at the end of it. If you just start fouling Wisconsin, like I said, they have really good free throw percentage and they can make free throws really well. So Oh, right. I forgot Kent, to mention this too. I'm sorry, uh, Connor Asijin liked one of my tweets the other night. So, like, yeah, so we're friends now. And um, I, I think we're hanging out soon. He hasn't, like, messaged me or anything yet. So, but I think, I mean, usually you like somebody's tweet and then, like, a hangout happens soon after that, right? Is that how that goes? On Instagram, if, like, you, you like the girl's tweet, like, last three posts then that's like you know the dm's oh, definitely go. coming the dm's definitely coming for sure I my wife so. watches I a lot so. of those like love island shows or whatever and uh so unfortunately i have to sit there and uh <laughs> the one the one uh girl was like he liked my last three posts so that means the dms are open and so i think oh, that's the God. same thing with connor and Seijin here that's probably him saying he wants to come on your show kent <laughs> probably i mean i'd love to have him on the thing is like last time i was on i was talking about how i was in coleman hawkins dm so like I can't come on the show every time and just be like, I'm, I'm pulling up in every, every, uh, college basketball players. What's that? You're starting to sound thirsty. Like you're trying to get in everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, that's why I didn't, you know, I didn't want to DM Connor and be like, Hey man, appreciate the like dude. Let, let's get you on the show. You know, like it just seems like, seems like a little bit much. I will say the one guy that I have messaged for real though, like back and forth is, uh, is my guy uh, Parker Fox from Minnesota? That's my dude. Oh, really? I love him. Yeah, he was having a good game against Wisconsin. Yeah, he was. He he tried to dunk from like the free throw line at one point. It was hilarious. 
<laughs> I was gonna that- I was gonna message him that night about it, but uh they lost, so I didn't feel like that was appropriate. That's that guy's guy, got a right. that guy's got a motor. I will say he. he yeah. I thought he was going to break his neck a couple of times in the Maryland game. He took some <laughs> nasty falls, especially with their elevated court. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got to get this Michigan State Wisconsin preview off there because we're no longer previewing that game. <laughs> Talking about the DMs now. Yeah, yeah. Ken, we should start a new segment every Sunday. Uh, who did Kent DM? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I I don't want to do that. I don't I don't want to be that guy. But it, it you know what? If people like it, I'll, I'll send I'll shoot a DM every week just to just to get it rolling. See who responds. It's for the views, man. It's for the views. I can't believe Coleman didn't hit me back yet, though. After all the tweets we sent him and everything. Well, just, he watches the podcast, so. Yeah. That's true. He's probably well. He's playing right now. He's losing right now too, which is a problem. So. He'll watch us after. Yeah. He'll probably be, he'll probably watch it in the locker room with all the guys. He'll pull up his phone, <laughs> pull him around. Like, hey, let's see if Casual Big Ten talked about my DMs again. <laughs> yeah, just wait till the end. Uh, no pizza this time. Oh, I didn't need to ask. Uh, I guess this is kind of the, uh, back to the preview, but that's okay. We'll leave it out and just tell people they have to listen to the whole episode if they if they want this kind of content. Um, Stephen Izzo, Kent. Oh yeah, I, mean, I didn't drop a Stephen Izzo in fa- here is a, of a factor is he in this one yeah i didn't i didn't make any i didn't make any notes about that here's the thing i i have to get a vibe um did i tell you i got invited to the wisconsin game too again so i'm going to be taking notes oh, on really? steven Izzo once again there we go i'll be in the building yep awesome not true um no i don't know i don't think that uh it's going to be a tough environment for steven you know i will say the coal center does seem like is that what it's called right the coal center yeah, I think that's what's he does seem like a guy that would be pretty comfortable at Coles. So <laughs> I, I don't know. He might have a big night. Actually, he might be in his like you know, in a comfortable environment. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I, I'll keep an eye on at. it for you guys, though. Yeah, I, the only the only spot I think it might be more comfortable is like if it was the old Navy Center. He strikes me as a oh, big yeah. like old Navy guy. Yeah, yeah. I I shop at Target more myself. Now that's that's hey. where your wife goes, Jr. So that's why you're in there, probably. Well, yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> that's if where I, the Big Ten I... tournament is this year. Where? Oh, the Cole Center? No, the Target Center. Oh, the. T- <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. It is at the Target Center. Yeah, man. It's, how many? How many arenas are named after clothing? We should go arena by arena and assign a player to each arena based on their sponsorship. I guess there's not that many though in the Big Ten. Yeah, I don't know. Xfinity, that's like Wi Fi and cable, so that one's not yeah. Schottenstein. That's just named after a rich guy. Yeah, uh, that's how most of them are, I think. What's Michigan <laughs> Breslin Center? That's the Michigan State one. Michigan guy. is uh Chrysler. Chrysler. So car but it's not the car though. Oh, it's not. Okay. No. That's that's sad. I think it's another name. Yeah. I'm amazed when we get into this, people still are continuing to watch. We still have 10. We had eight before. Now we have 10. Mm. So I think people tune in for the end part. Like when we're just riffing here, maybe we should just stop talking basketball. Just get in here and (laughs) talk about some nonsense. Wait, what's the other one? So Mackie, is that just a dame too? I don't know what that's. That's not a sponsorship though. We need some more sponsored arenas. I bet I bet Oregon has a sponsored arena when they come in. They'll probably help us out with that. I'm looking it up right now. And USC and stuff. 
All right. Oh, here, hey, they got it broken favorite? down by conference. Perfect. What's your favorite arena, Lee? I mean, obviously, Xfinity. I mean, yeah, I'm going to be a homer here. Um, I have not, no. Um, oh, okay. I We almost went up last year to Penn State, but we ended up not. I've been on their campus, haven't been to their basketball arena. I would like to catch a game at uh, at Indiana, though. It, that, that seems like, a obviously, a, a bunch of history in there. Uh, so that would be a, a, probably on a bucket list to go watch a game. Assembly Hall is a really cool setup with the seats up and like the right. kind of V formation and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool setup. So. We missed some big ones in the Big Ten, by the way. Jersey Mike's Arena. Oh, Ooh. yeah, can't forget about rack, them, right? Yeah, yeah but, but it's not actually the rack anymore because it t- changed over to Jersey Mike's. Yeah, but nobody calls it that because everybody likes the rack better. Oh, uh, we lost. Yeah, it sounds way better. Sorry. And then we also missed. Uh, oh, I just switched past it. Oh, Illinois State Farmer uh, Center. Well, maybe that would be Steven Izzo, like the khakis. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. He's going to sell insurance after he graduates. Yeah, 100%. Wait, sure. hold on. Is Wisconsin actually Coles, though, or is this a name of a person, too? Because it just says Cole Center. You got that right. I, I always thought it was Coles. No, it's just Coles. It oh. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe Steven Izzo won't be as effective Mm-mm. there. So hold on, I was looking up the pact or, or what conference are they in right now? Pac twelve. Yeah. Let's see. Gary be the Pac two. Right. Pac twelve. I don't think they have it broken 10. down by that conference. Let's see. Come on. Pull up, pull up, pull up. They're not exactly as good as us, so Okay. Oregon is the Matthew Knight Arena. Obviously well, UCLA's Poly Pavilion. Phil Knight. Is is he related to Phil Knight, I wonder? Oh, probably. That would make sense. What's USC? Uh, USC is the Galen Center. Definitely another name. I feel like they mm-hmm. need to rename that the Bronny James Center. <laughs> oh, this one's fun. Washington is the uh, Alaska Airlines Arena at Heck Ed- Edmondson Pavilion. That's a big name. That's the one. We're going to have to go to a Washington game, Kent. Let's Get do it. Let's do it. <laughs> They probably Lee, Lee you in go coast to coast. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? I'm always down for a good road trip. They should give you a discount if you travel to Washington on Alaska Airlines for the game. That's true. Let's get that sponsorship going. Big Ten <laughs> huddle, Alaska Airlines coast to coast trip. Sponsored by the Washington Huskies. <laughs> Alaskan Airlines. <laughs> and Alaska Airlines, yeah. Oh man! All right. Well, I think that's enough of that. Uh, I think so too. <laughs> good conversation, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, any more thoughts or anything before we get out of here, guys? No. Good My church. daughter's basketball team has a uh, has three games coming up um, because we that's had snow problem. down here in Nashville, so we have to do a makeup game on Tuesday. We usually play on Saturdays, but we're going Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Oh. And uh, we're playing Hawaii, Tennessee, and then Hawaii again, twice in one week. So, what's how are you playing Hawaii? No, it's just the names of the teams that the coaches picked. Oh. I was gonna say, like, how would you? You look very young to have a, a, a daughter playing against Hawaii, doing some travel hey, ball. You, yeah, ultimate travel ball. Yeah, that's just the, it's all at the same school. Um, but if that's the name compare... of the school. Your daughter's basketball team to a current Big Ten team. Who would Purdue. they be? 
Okay. Yeah, we're nasty. <laughs> they have like a six four girl down there. That... No, we don't have any. We do have two. I mean, my daughter is tall, and then we have one more tall girl. But we are four zero. Um, you know, maybe Wisconsin. Maybe Wisconsin. Yeah, I would say maybe Wisconsin. We got some veteran leadership. Um, we can knock down free throws at the end of games. Um, if you had like one really good point guard who did everything on offense, you could be Maryland. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Our winning percentage is a little too high for that, though. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with them. But it, <laughs> <laughs> no, but three games in seven days, though, that's going to be wild. That's though. grueling. Like, that's grueling. Yeah, I coach her team, by the way. I don't know if you could tell by all the information. I, I was, was going to say, I was gonna say if, uh, if the coach, everybody wants fired for kind of reasons that not everybody else knows, you could be Ohio State. It's true. No one wants me fired, though. They love me okay, as so the yeah, coach. You're Purdue, then. Yeah, I'm definitely Purdue. I'm sticking around forever. No, I shouldn't say Purdue. We're going to have an early exit in the playoffs. I don't want that. Oh, no. <laughs> Shoot. We jinxed you. So you're we can only do, I feel like we can only make those jokes for just the rest of the season because I do feel like they're going to make a big run this year. My uh, my daughter got a uh, basketball hoop to put on the back of her door. She's two, so perfect. She can't reach it. I lift her up and she dunks. But I like that. That's I like that a lot. Of that, so start them young. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we just lost three viewers. So probably talking All right. Yeah. Let's here. get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for watching. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Kent, for coming and uh, joining us for the Big Ten Huddle. Great night. We'll be back again Sunday night to uh, recap some stuff. I think I have uh, Purdue Frank coming on for that one, and then I'm still looking for one more. So I'll uh, I'll get somebody else uh, for that one, and and we'll have a good time. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Kent. Have a good one, you guys. Thanks.